When I was 23 years old, all anybody wanted to ask me was, what do you do for a living? And what was my response? My response was, I do awesome. I'm Steve Armato, and I started this podcast to interview awesome people who build awesome lives. So now, let's do awesome. What's up, everyone? I'm really excited uh, for today's episode and for you to hear today's episode. It's with somebody that I actually met on a shoot with another doing awesome guest, Sam Knight, but I met Kevin Cape. It was a shoot for him and his coaching business. And he is somebody who has just contagious energy. He he meets you first time meeting him, gives you a hug. He's he's happy. He's fun. He loves having fun. He's great with people. And in this episode, he talks about everything from Waffle House to company culture and what living an awesome life really means to him. So this is an episode that you're going to get a lot out of. You're going to have a lot of laughs. You're going to have a lot of fun. So let's get into it. Kevin Cape, welcome to doing awesome my friend i'm very happy to have you on how are you doing today oh awesome bro <laughs> it's a lot of pressure right you have to say you're doing awesome don't you i mean you don't have to it depends on the day but i guess in this scenario it's probably better to say you're doing awesome <laughs> my day sucks <laughs> do you know what it's like running this company right now it's a terrible day i don't want to be here can't believe i can't believe i gave you this time man you know what would make me be doing more awesome is if we were recording this in person in a Waffle House. Dude, I, I that would actually have been – we're going to have to do a, a, another episode of this in a Waffle House because – so I'm just going to give a couple people some backstory here. We met on a shoot with Sam Knight um, who was also a guest on the show. And, you know, we hit it off. You were just – you're just an, a great dude, great to be around tons of energy and then started following you on Instagram and you had posted something about Waffle House and I was like I knew that this dude was cool but <laughs> now that has just gone to a different level because no like up here a lot of people do not understand my love for Waffle House so what t tell me about your like where did that come from well first of all I love I love restaurants like in general I just love restaurants and uh, Waffle House is in my top three restaurants in the world like alongside Michelin star restaurants but I don't know why it wouldn't be though so, it's always there for you keep going Go. my, well my favorite Waffle House experience I ever had I was in a Waffle House in Kansas City with my sister and her family when she had little kids okay and our server's name was spicy that yes with, with two with two e's two e's that's, yep. that's a I like and you know, that. in the Waffle House, you sit in the booths and then the servers, the waitresses are right next to you and the kitchen's open. And she was standing right next to our table. And I think my nephews were five and seven. And she said to her, her colleague, girl, I didn't call you fat. That bitch called you fat. I don't know. <laughs> and that was when I knew that I, I, was, deep, I was so deep in love with the Waffle House. It is, it is this pillar of authenticity and... It is the place, maybe more than anywhere else, where you can just be who you are. You do not have to put on any airs. There's no like performative. It's be who you are. Oh, I love it. You're so right that you're so right. I When I was working a corporate job that I just did not like, I got invited to an offsite. It was my first time that I was invited to one of these things because before I was at like a lower position. And um, 
one night everybody was out partying and I just was not feeling it at all. It's like 12, it's midnight. And I was like, I'm in Atlanta. I'm like going to Waffle House. going to sit at the bar by myself, talk to the cook because me and him are the only people in there and have a great time. It's like, it's always there for you, man. Like it just never disappoints. Well, you know, Atlanta is the birthplace of the Waffle House, right? I didn't. That's why I'm a fraud. Now I'm a fraud. Now I feel like you're a not fraud. a fraud. You're not. We can cut that. We can edit at that. <laughs> I, I can ask you again. You can be. Yeah. Like, of course I know that. <laughs> some other it's... some other Waffle House fa- facts to like let you know how deep my love goes. I own multiple pieces of Waffle House apparel. Okay, I got. See how many pieces? But like, is it shirt, hat, like two, two shirts and a sweatshirt? I do need a hat. I, I at present I have two boxes of Waffle House waffle mix in my kitchen. Wow, wow, those they're good waffles too, though. They're such good waffles, and I'll tell you this. Well, two things. One of the shirts is a women's XL boxy crop cut shirt because it was like a vintage style, and they sold out of the men's cut. And I was like, I don't fucking care. I'm wearing crop cut shirts from now on, yeah. so I can wear this shirt. <laughs> you you have to have it at that point. I have researched how much it costs to buy one of the industrial Waffle House waffle makers that they use in the restaurant. It's only like 2000 bucks. Wow. And I think I could do a New York City Waffle House pop-up and I think it would be very successful out of my apartment. I would definitely be there. I'll I'll be there. Um, I'll be the first person in line. To be totally honest with you, I'll I'll help actually. I'll join. I'll join the I'll join the the line, dude. I'll I'll cook. I'll help cook. We'll just be pumping out waffles, dude. Oh, dude, that'll be our next episode. That's perfect. That's perfect. I love, I love talking Waffle House. This is just a great start to this episode, man. But listen, let's get into this a little bit here. So, you're a coach. You're an entrepreneur. What? How'd you get into everything? What? How did you? What? Why coaching and entrepreneurship? Like, where did this begin? Oh, man. I mean, it's like, it's a pretty long journey. I'll tell it as quickly as I can. I was in college. Uh, I played volleyball in college at a D1, like top five power school. I was not that level of player. So it was like a hard identity shift for me to be on this like top 50 recruits in the nation list to I didn't even get to play in practice. So my coach at the end of the season could tell I was kind of down and out about it. He was like, you should check out this organization, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. It's like student government for student athletes. So I went to my first meeting in May. There was like debating happening because there were elections. I love a good debate. I started debating and then someone suggested I run for president at my first meeting. And so I ran for president and I got elected because I'm a pretty good debater. I'm like pretty I, persuasive. Not, not surprised there at all, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that summer I was like, I've never seen what this organization does. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so that was the first time I went, okay, well then let's go back to like, what's the point? What's the mission? What's our why? And, and that kind of started me on this trajectory of like, what's our why? Let's work from our mission. Um, from there, I was like working in the YMCA for a little while. I was at a wedding. I was about to give a uh, the best man's toast, even though I wasn't the best man, which just happened to me twice. <laughs> okay. That's, that could be a whole episode, I feel. <laughs> oh, I've also officiated 11 weddings, but that's another story. There you go. Okay. So I'm talking to my friend's cousin that I want to go work in for-profit. I'm done with the nonprofit world. And she's like, oh, you should come interview with us. And I said, well, who, who are you working? She said, private jet company in operations. We have a role in operations. I was like, I work with after-school programs and kids camps. I can't, can't work in aviation operations. Well, apparently I could. <clears throat> interview went well. I got that job. 
two months into that job, Tony Shea, rest in peace, was coming to visit our airline and he was like the guy in company culture back in the day, like the guy. And I, I read his book, I was so excited. I was like a huge fan of his. <clears throat> Ultimately, I weaseled my way into the prospective um, investor meeting with my CEO, my president, and Tony Shea. I was frontline operations for two months at this point. It was ridiculous. We're going around the table doing introductions and my CEO is like, oh, I'm the CEO of this airline. I started this other airline. This is all my, my pedigree in the airline industry. Our president was like, this is my third startup. I was the top consultant at BCG in Europe for years, blah, 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 blah. And then they got to me and I was like, my name's Kevin and I work in ops. <laughs> and so after that, I had heard our CEO say like, our culture's not great and we need to make it better. And I know it's it's on me as the CEO. And um, so I went to him and I said, hey, I heard you say that. I'd love to take that on in side projects. He was like, oh, I don't know, man. I think that's like more of like a full-time gig. So that night I emailed him and I was like, okay, I'd be willing to consider a full-time gig. He's like, that's not what I meant, but okay, let's go to lunch. Next thing you know, I fucking weaseled my way into that job. And uh, that kind of took me on a trajectory of becoming like the, my, my whole thesis there was, hey, we're working for you guys to make your dreams come true as entrepreneurs. You need to know about our dreams and what, what we want to come true for us. It's like a fair exchange. So I kind of became like the personal mission statement guy. I was like encouraging everyone to like know what you want, know what you're about as an individual so the company can serve that. And then a guy that was working in uh, at Northwestern Mutual wanted me to coach him. I ran track with him in college. I okay. Back for a year. He was like, can you coach me on how to speak to my personal mission statement? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll meet for like an hour every week and you'd help me develop it and like speak to it. Like, You're going to pay me for this? He's like, yeah, okay, let's give it a shot. And then it went well. And so I got referred to a guy, referred to a guy, referred to a guy. And then I eventually met someone doing it full time and I hired him. I said, teach me how to do this full time. Wow. wow. I mean, that's a hell of a journey right there. Yeah. Also, I like the thought of you sitting in in the room with like the president and the CEO, and then you're like, "I'm I'm Kevin. I like Waffle House, so I don't know." Like, <laughs> you know, I like the thought of that. That's that, that's a good one. Um, yeah. But that's that's a crazy story. And like you said, so like company culture. I've heard you talk about company culture. What is that? What does that mean to you? What does that mean in general? Yeah. So I would say uh, company culture is what everybody does when they're not being supervised. Right? Okay. People are like, oh, company culture is at Google. They have a slide, and <laughs> we do we do we do uh, beer Thursdays. Like, no, <laughs> company culture is <laughs> how is everyone how is everyone behaving when they're not being supervised? And in order to get everyone working in service of the company, the company has to reciprocate and work in service of the employees. And so, it's important that founders, CEOs, uh, any leaders really are saying, all right. Fair deal here. You're going to help me look good as a leader and you're going to help me win. So how can I help you win? And look, I think a lot of employees get company culture wrong because they're like, well, it's all happening to me and this is what I don't want. What do you want? And ask for what you do want. And it's hard work. And it feels like a little risky and takes some courage to go, this is what I do want. But you've got to know what you do want, not just constantly lament what you don't want and then ask for it. When there's a fair exchange of the company getting what it wants and its employees getting what they want out of that, win-wins all the way around, now we're talking. Yeah, th that's that's so – I love the way you put that because I've I've worked at – 
companies where they're like, yeah, our culture here is that we have a keg in there that you could use on Thursday and Fridays after five o'clock. And we have video games. I used to work at a sports company that was very young and they had just gotten bought by a larger company. And they're like, oh, we have video games. You can play Madden at night. We have free, free snacks. We have free, uh, we have free drinks for you. There's free coffee. And it's like, yeah, like everybody's making like minimum wage and is working overtime all the time just to pay bills. I, I would like a different, uh, company culture here. I don't need the free food. It's like a totally different aspect. I, I feel And the way you put it is it's like, we both want to get something out of this and like, how can I help you look good? You help me. Look. It's like that. This is, this is not how a lot of people think. So I love the way that you, you put that. Well, and to take that one step further, I'm also kind of like the anti-coach coach. Like I hate my whole industry, dude. I, <laughs> I, listen, does Andrew Huberman say some brilliant things? Sure. But when I see his ass promoting a piece of rubber that you chew on for a more square jaw, I don't know how that came through the microphone, but dude, oh, it was great. It was great. Liter literally, I was on a flight to Paris, and I was I was five canned espresso martinis deep, and I was on. Wow, did you not sleep for like a Bro, month? They're like no, they're little. They're little. Oh, they're okay, so uh, delicious. They're they so said, they sound amazing. I mean. Sam would not be happy with us right now talking about this, but I mean, they sound Sam amazing. Knows, no. dude, Sam knows. Sam knows <laughs> what he's getting into with me. So, and then I was on TikTok on the plane, and this fucking Huberman video came up where he's promoting this thingy, Chiline, and they have more square jaw. And I literally wrote, I wrote a rage poem, like how much I hated the culture of like performance, performance, performance. Like so many videos will start with everybody wants peak performance and i'm like no they don't no they don't I, so i've said this before and i'll keep saying it as gen z and spe specifically gen z women move into positions of leadership the quality of leadership like nationwide or like probably across the entire globe is going up significantly because gen z women will not sacrifice their mental well-being for like their boss's approval and when we say performance or productivity most of us, when we say it, mean jack fucking shit. Because if you have not gotten clear, like declared, what results are we producing on which date, then it's just like, do I feel like I, did I check more things? Who cares if you check more things off your list? Did they actually move important needles forward? And so same thing that I said about individuals, the businesses need to know and the founders need to know what result do I want? Like, what do I want out of my life and out of my business? And then we can say, in those things we've said we want to create, are we performing or not? But like performance or productivity as like a general, shut the fuck up, everybody. I'm sick of it. Dude, it's so, it, it's so true. And it, it's so true because you see too much of this on social media where it's, oh, like you have to wake up at 3.55. You have to jump uh, in a cold plunge. And you have to start your day with a three-mile run, and then you come back, eat breakfast, go do a workout, and then you come back and you start working. And it's like, who does that, or who has time to do that? Does anybody Sam, have? Sam does it, Sam <laughs> I love you, Sam. I love but you, Sam. He he definitely does not have time to do that. I know it. He, that man is working a lot. There's no way he has time to do that. But 
<laughs> he, but like that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's not really to me. It's not about peak. Perf- yeah, you want to perform high when you're doing the thing that you're concentrated on. But to me, it's how much time do you need to focus on the important things that need to get done. That well, day? And, and here's what I'd say. I have these two concepts that like really read it all for me. One is you got to get to the end of your why chain, meaning why do you want the thing that you think you want? And then why do you think that, why do you want that thing? And then why do you want that thing? And, then, and look, when you get really good at getting honest with yourself, you want to enjoy yourself, you want to feel proud of yourself, and you want to feel like you're worthy of love and belonging. I know that sounds like, whoa, 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 whoa. But it is. That's what we're all seeking. And so if you really attune everything to what's at the end of your Y chain, then there's a lot of things you would stop doing. And there's a lot of things you'd spend more time doing. Because at the end of the day, and at the end of your life, this is like morbid, but like on your deathbed looking back, let's minimize regrets. Like, can we go, okay, okay, I feel good about that. I really like, I, for my own reasons, really like that life that I just lived. Not like that life looks good to everybody else. The life that I enjoyed and wanted to live, I like that. I like the way I did it. I, I, no, no, hashtag no regrets. <laughs> no, no regrets. Yeah, that the that's the thing too. So how like, w- like would you want to emphasize to people that everybody? I feel like everybody tries to put everyone in in the same box when everybody's different. Like everybody's gonna have a different why. Like how, like, do you, would, is that something that you'd want to emphasize to people? Because I feel like that's important and people don't really focus on that. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll tell like two contrasting stories about clients of mine. I have one client who will be up working till 1130 PM on a regular basis. And I know that in his heart, he loves it. He loves it. Like it's just what he enjoys doing. And so a lot of people glorify that. Oh, hustle and grind. He's not grinding. There's no grind to it. He gets bored or he like wants to enjoy himself. Working on this stuff is what he enjoys. Is that like very lucky for him? I think so. I think so. But to glorify that and to try and replicate that, if it's not true for you that you're like, oh, I love, I love being up at 1130 because that's not true for me. That's not true for me at all. On the other side, I had a client, I don't know, three years ago now that I basically coached him into shutting down his business and supporting his wife's interior design business. And that's one of the great wins of my coaching career because that was actually what's true and right. He didn't like managing other people and there were some skills he was lacking in his ability to do that effectively. And his expectations of how the world and people work didn't match up with what you had to do as a founder and a CEO. It wasn't right for him. People might look at that and go, you coached a guy to shut down his business? Sounds like it. No, I'm a great coach because of that. It's one of my great like, <clears throat> winning stories because my job is not about the metrics of your business compared to like, I don't know, how they're going to impress at a party. My job is for you to feel real good in your life and go, you know what? I do know this is the life that I want. I like the way that I'm living it. That's I love the way you put that. And I love and that's to me that's also what makes you a really good person. You're not like imposing something on somebody that isn't right for them. You know what the right fit is for them because you're a good coach and that's what makes you a good coach and you tailor it to them. I mean, I feel like that's incredible. 
And anybody who tells you that you're a bad coach for that, we could tell them to kick rocks, to be totally honest with you. You but, fucking sweet talker. I mean, I mean that's pretty good. That, that, was, that's, that, was pretty, that was pretty good. I like that. And that, that's got to stay in. That is not getting cut out. There is no way that that is getting cut out. That is incredible. But So I do want to talk about this, though, too, like because you're somebody who – Listen, like you have an energy that a lot of people are drawn to you. A lot of people like you. You're great with people. Like I know you. I, we met on a shoot, and I like feel like I know you for thirty years. So, how do you go about? Like, how important to you are relationships that you've built through the years, and how do you keep relationships kind of going? Um. Yeah. Listen. Um. A couple things come to mind there. So, we met on a shoot, and. I would ask you this. Did we have fun on that shoot? We had a blast. We had a fucking blast. And here's why. Why not? Yeah, you can approach anything any way you want. And so there's like all this achievement. It, 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 let me back up a little bit. Psychologists talk about two measures of well-being. Being happy with your life and being happy in your life. Or satisfied with your life, satisfied in your life. I like satisfied more than happy. Satisfied with your life and satisfied in your life. So. When you go to a shoot and you're like very serious and we've got to get a good product and then I look at what I see uh, as a result on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and I, okay, I'm happy with, I'm satisfied with my business because, okay, look at, you know, the, 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 uh, dude, the production value was so good, you know, the video is top notch. Thanks for that plug right there. <laughs> yeah, baby. It really was. It really, it really is. Go check it out for yourselves, everyone. Um, and so I, I'm satisfied with my business. And there's this weird myth that like, if I'm satisfied in my business or in my life, like enjoying the moments of the day to day, that I must not care enough about producing the results to be satisfied with my life. And when we say with my life, it's like my home, my spouse, like my wardrobe, my car, all of that shit. Pursue all of that stuff, pursue it all the way. Enjoy the ride. Right, like we can have a good time along the way. Now, from a relationship standpoint, like I'm not like focused on like the strict the strategy of um, like building relationships. I hear a lot about that, like the utility of building relationships. The utility of building relationships with me is more about the utility of how enjoyable it is to relate to other people. And so, <clears throat> I take two things to heart whenever I'm like. I don't know, confronted with a new person or, or even a person that I've, uh, whenever I'm with another person is I, I believe that every, this sounds crazy, but I believe everyone is like perfect. You're right on time. You're as good as you're supposed to be today. I support however you want to be better tomorrow. Like you can't be wrong. Like you got what you got, whether it's genetics or it's your conditioning, like you got what you got. And anyone who thinks like, oh, I'm better than somebody else or I'd be better in those circumstances. No, you wouldn't. Fuck you. Shut up. Like, can we just have some compassion for it's hard to be human and we're all here doing our best, like lay off. So I think people sense from me, you're, you're perfect just the way you are. And then I get really interested in like, where do you want to be? Where are you trying to head to? And then when somebody's words or actions are inconsistent with where they say they want to go when, when I, when it seems to me like, Oh, I don't think that's going to help you get there. I call it out. And so I'm able to call out criticisms that I think a lot of people aren't able to call out because 
I don't think that means anything about your character. I think you're perfect just the way you are. But what I see it operating tactically is that you say you want X, Y, Z, but ABC is what you're doing. And I, I don't think ABC will get you to X, Y, Z, which is, no, I think you're perfect. No judgment on you, but most people aren't willing to tell you that. And I will. You're right. No, most people will not tell you that. They're afraid to tell you that because they think I don't. I actually don't even know why. I don't. I don't have like I'm not a psychologist, so I can't even tell you why. But most people just will not call that out, no matter no matter if they're good friends with them. Like you might have one or two good friends that would call that out, um, but a lot of people don't don't do that. But I feel like you know, it's about being real. Have you right? seen that Jeff Bezos uh, podcast with Lex Friedman that came out recently? I haven't. I saw like a clip, but it was like a four hour podcast and like, I don't, you know, I need, I need some time. Man. <laughs> I'm, busy, I'm busy on the track. I'm busy yeah. on the treadmill with Sam. Yeah. Uh, can, I, I don't, I don't have the specific joke, but I, we have to at some point reference Sam having his shirt off. Yeah, this, we will at some point. This whole podcast is a love letter to Sam. That's it. Um, he talks about how uh, human beings are, social we're, we're social animals and as such we will put a connection and i put it in quotes because it's not real connection above the truth and if you look at the history of humanity the truth tellers have always been the ones that you know hundreds of years ago were literally publicly slain burned at the stake right you can't don't bring too much of that truth in here and so it's tough man it's t a lot of times a lot of times you know, and I, I don't, I'm not obsessed with the truth from like a moral standpoint. Uh, trust me, we, we won't get into the details, but I'm not a moralist, right? Like I, I, I do my best. Right. Um, I'm not out here trying to hurt anybody, but I'm not trying to like be better than anybody. I'm not trying to, you know. But right. I, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm ingrained with this obsession with like, well, wait, is that true? And there's more safety and truth for me than there is in like, belonging again it's false belonging because it's based on mistruths but he talks about it in a section of that podcast and i was like wow that hits hard because it's also really uncomfortable some people respond really well to me going hey here's what i see and some people respond really poorly right right you're right absolutely absolutely so now like on that well we're gonna shift gears a little bit because i feel uh -oh. like as a coach well the thing is as a coach i feel like you are a, a kind of a mentor in a lot of ways. So do you have mentors? Do you believe in mentors? Some people might, some people do, some people don't. Do you believe in mentors? Do you have any mentors? Like what is that for you? Yeah, I want to say it was John Wooden who said, I might be wrong, but it, I, I want to say it was John Wooden, the famed UCLA basketball coach who said that, um, your mentor doesn't have to be someone that you know personally. Uh, a mentor can be someone whose ideas are out in the world and those ideas have resonated with you and moved you. John Wooden is one of my mentors. Like most people don't know that he was not, uh, UCLA was his second choice. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, and I can't remember, I, I want to say it was like Wisconsin. It was somewhere in the Midwest was his first choice. And he told UCLA, you're my second choice in the interview process. If was and I don't, I don't know if it was Wisconsin. If this other school says uh, yes, uh, hires me, I'm gonna go work for them. And if they say no, I'll come work for you. But I wanted to be honest with you. You're my second choice in case that's a problem for you. Like 
Okay, that the integrity in that, first of all, just wait. Then he goes, <clears throat> waits till Friday, waiting for a phone call from the school. Wherever the school was, there was this crazy snowstorm. So the call never came. The phone lines were knocked out. So 15 minutes later, when he had the call scheduled with UCLA, he got on the call. And he said, well, I didn't hear from them. So <clears throat> I am happy to accept the position as your coach. Phone lines get restored. School calls go, we're so sorry, coach. Uh, the storm knocked out our phone lines. <clears throat> we uh, we want to hire you. And it's not like something, this wasn't like the age of the internet where something had been announced. And it was like, right. he goes, sorry. This is literally like 15 minutes later. Sorry, I already told UCLA yes. Wow. It also sounds like Wisconsin because snowstorm, like yeah, yeah, knocking out yeah. power lines. But yeah. wow. Wow. That's kidding? integrity. That's integrity too, right there. Yep, exactly. And then you got someone like Alan Watts. Like, dude, I hear people talk about this, the benefits of, of psychedelic therapy, and I've dabbled a little bit myself. But everything that I uh, learned just from listening to Alan Watts, the free Alan Watts lectures on YouTube uh, during my commutes when I used to live in LA, hour down and hour back. <clears throat> opened up my mind and my perspective and my ability to see truth in ways that like I just are absolutely incredible um, so as far as like men I definitely believe in mentors um, I've had some incredible professional mentors um, when I was at the private jet company our president was someone that really his name's Keith Raven he like really taught me how to think about business and like I was like so idealistic and like for the people and he was like Kevin that's great and for this all to be sustainable, like we have to, you know, and he's, he claims he's learned some things from me too. I hope that's true. Cause we, we kind of balanced each other in that way. We're right. like, business. And I was like the people. And <laughs> we kind of met in the middle a little bit, made each other better. But like, he was an incredible mentor for me about how to think about, even how to think about the way an employee should interact with their boss and like be uh, able to manage up and be like, help their boss be successful. Absolutely. So, I mean, I like that too. I've heard that quote that a mentor doesn't have to be somebody that, you know, you know, personally, like you could get a, I've heard people say you get a mentor from reading a book or yeah. whatever it is. So I like that. And like, cause a lot of people are just like, well, you know, I had a boss one time and he's which is great. too. Which is great. It's awesome. I get, I mean, like I do have some mentors that they don't know their mentors. Like they wouldn't consider themselves mentors. I, I think like people that I've just met in business that like they're older, they're like three decades ahead of me and they're, they, they've, they're successful and I'm just talking and I check in with them like a couple times a year cause they don't really have that much time for me, but you know, it's, everybody's different, but you know, I'm being very, I'm being very cognizant of your time right now. And I need to ask you these this question here. It's the point of the show, man. And I feel like you're going to have a really good answer, which is what does living an awesome life look like to you? So my whole coaching practice is about that. And when you say I'm a mentor to other people, the reality is I'm a bit more of <clears throat> I take on their desire so that they mentor themselves. So I, I very believe I believe very strongly that you will learn what you really want by following what you currently want and getting there. The sooner we get to what we think we want now, the sooner we can discover whether or not we really wanted it and 
find our next one and get there and our next one and keep following our will and our desire. Like our genuine, like the weirder and the simpler it is typically, the more authentic it is. Um, but then sometimes it's something that takes incredible risk and sacrifice, but it's like being true to uh, that weird little knowing, I don't know, that some things have such like purity and leverage and like power in you and all, everyone knows what I'm talking about. So here's my favorite example. In 2020, uh, pandemic hits, schools are shut down. I have a 15 year old son who is 12 at the time. His school in August announced that 2020 to 2021 school year, they were gonna go remote the whole, at least first semester. Now it had always been my dream since I first visited like 10 years before that to live in New York City, which is where I'm talking to you from now. So at the time, my business was not cash flowing well at all to the point where my biggest client, I was <clears throat> kind of begging them to pay me early so I could make payroll on my one employee at the time. Wow. Okay. Like we were not in a killer financial place, but when this got announced that <clears throat> they were going to be remote the whole year, I was like, this is an opportunity. So I sat down with him. I had taken him to New York before and I said, Hey dude, you can do school from anywhere. What if we went to New York for like two months, just had a little adventure and uh, he was into it. So I said, okay, let's do it. And I uh, like gave my landlord 30 days notice in LA, like cut all ties and like sent it, like burn the ships. I'm gone. Let's go. And we moved to New York for like two months. And at the end of two months, like, he had been having some some trouble in, in school in LA and like that had kind of, he was kind of coming into a new like version of himself. I was ecstatic because we were out there living my dream. He was ecstatic because we were living his dream too. Asked him if he wanted to stay two more months and we had negotiated this whole thing with mom because uh, mom and I aren't together anymore, but it actually worked out. She got like more quality time with him too. So speaking of win-win-win, it was win-win-win. And then by the end of four months, she moved mom moved to like Northern California. So he was going to have to fly anyway. Plus the deal was working better for everyone. So I asked him if he wanted to stay. He said, yes, we signed the lease. And I think I was like genuinely under like a karmic universal test. Like, what are you willing to give up for what you really genuinely want inside of you? And I knew it was an opportunity and I was terrified and I knew we might fail and I knew I might go, I, I might go broke. But I also knew that if I failed on this long shot, on my deathbed looking back, I'd feel a lot better on that about that than having not ever tried. And so uh, I think living an awesome life is about learning to listen to yourself as distinct from what's expected of you. And then uh, when, once you tune in to that little pure, long leverage, powerful thing that you just know, that you just know is you and is what you really want for reasons that don't have to make a lot of rational sense, you just, you keep, you keep taking steps towards it. You just, keep in keep taking steps towards it man i love that i love that story too that's a great story now look at you 
2024 still boom, in new york city baby, still in right new york here boom city. baby and <laughs> and and now and now before we get out of here this is a this has to be a fun one i feel like you have a good one what's your go-to karaoke song oh uh i mean it's probably bohemian rhapsody oh wow not a lot of people could pull that off though neither can i but That's that doesn't stop me <laughs> I'm not there for the audience. I'm there for me, baby. That's it. Oh man, that's a that's a phenomenal, phenomenal song. You know what I love about that question? I ask everybody that question, and people that have listened to this podcast a bunch are probably sick of me saying this, but it's true. And I sound like a broken record. Nobody has the same song. Ooh. Nobody has the same song. It's Ooh. it's un. What was Sam's? What was Sam's? Oh my God! I actually, I, I sorry, Sam. I gotta go back. I forgot. I forgot Sam's. Yeah, that was very memorable. But his was his was. Uh, it was definitely rap or hip hop. No, so. I'm pretty sure it was Backstreet Boys. <laughs> well, well, it well it would be Backstreet Boys because he wouldn't have to have a shirt on. So that would be that would that would make the most sense. The button down open in the wind. Right. That's it. <laughs> He's, he's giving JT vibes, so maybe in sync. He's giving dude, JT vibes. He's going to love this episode, too. He's giving JT vibes, dude. I mean, it's great. Sam, we love you, man. We, just we love you, bro. Love you, bro. But, Kevin, tell everybody – thank you for coming on the show, by the way. This has been an incredible episode. Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. What? That, that you that – you Invited myself. That you invited yourself invited on myself. here? And you know what? I'm so happy that you invited yourself on my show. It's all because of Waffle House. I'll just keep it at keep it at that. Shameless, <laughs> dude. Tell everybody where they can find you. www.kevincape.com um, on Instagram and TikTok. It's at Listen for the Mustens. I know that's a weird. I know that's a weird handle, but it's based on a Shel Silverstein poem. L- listen to the Mustens, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, the won'ts. Listen to the never haves. Then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. And it's just like that poem like captures my whole ethos. So listen for the mustn'ts. Like you got to keep an ear out. Like is this a mustn't, a thing that's like, oh, you can't do that. Listen for those and then just like tear them to shreds. Wow. I don't even have to say anything to end the show because you just had the absolute perfect ending. So everybody, thank you again for listening and we will see you next week.